keep up. I'm your host, Cynthia Dill. Today's show is an interview with philanthropist and retired real estate developer Richard Berman, a resident of Cape Elizabeth who has created many low-income tax credit housing projects throughout the state of Maine and has thoughts about the project proposed by the Zanton Company for the town green in Cape Elizabeth. Richard Berman is known locally for, among other things, creating Hope House, a stately red-bricked building on Sherman Street in Portland for refugees seeking asylum. The former Lutheran Church now has five apartments and a learning center that provides rent-free housing and much-needed services to those fleeing violence and persecution in search of the American dream. Richard Berman joins me by phone. Welcome, Richard Berman. Thank you. So the Zanton Company wants the town of Cape Elizabeth to change its zoning ordinance to allow a very large 49-unit low-income apartment building on two lots of the town green in the town center where I live and own property. My position in opposition to Dunham Court is pretty well documented for a variety of reasons. You recently wrote to the Cape Elizabeth Town Council and said, we can have it all. My first question, Richard, is why did you write to the town council about the proposed housing project, and what do you mean we can have it all? Well, I, I am sort of excited um, about the potential at the town center. And what we have, you know, going back is, one, we have a vision that a lot of people came together. I'm the original landowner, Mr. Haffenraffer, the town, committees and citizens came together and coalesced around a vision of our town center. And uh, so we have that. I think that we also have a council that is representing the town, the citizens, not just the developer. I think we have good developers. Uh, The Zanton Company does very good work, very good people. And we have a homeboy, Bobby Monks Jr., who lives here. Um, and cares a lot about the town. And what I think is is the potential of realizing our vision and as well as helping this developer. And I just hope it goes down that way. In your letter, in your letter to the town council, um, you seem to be particularly concerned about the Zanton proposal to eliminate commercial activity on the first floor. Um, why, why is it important for you that any development of the town center include commercial activity on the first floor well it wasn't just me this is a you know this is the vision that came out of a lot of meetings a lot of studies and a lot of uh, public input um, that we have limited uh, amount of land for commercial development this is a very big part of it i think that uh you know what i so i, I would hate to lose it if we lost that um, you know, just think, nobody would drive over there and shop and gather. The town common that we have now created or uh, the dentist uh, has created for the town uh, would just be a front, you know, like a front yard for just housing. So I think the, the uh, we have limited space for commercial. By the way, the commercial activity in this town is really on an uptick. I mean, you know, look at the, the difference when we had sea salt opened. It really made a difference in this community. And now we have those apartments and the integrative health center services in the town center. And those apartments uh, rented right up. And I see what's happening in Pond Cove. Uh, new uh, shops opening, haberdashery, coffee shops. So there's an uptick and there's an appetite for more. 
And that's what's going to make our town center really alive and be the gathering spot. You know, back then, uh, when the town came up with this vision and, and consequently zoned it that way, it uh, talked about a couple of goals. Two of them was a primary commercial area. said to support the town center as the primary location for new commercial development in Cape Elizabeth and encourage a modest amount of small-scale mixed-use development. And then the second one was gathering places, create a town green, which is done, and encourage small commercial establishments, such as coffee houses, restaurants, provide opportunities for community members to come together. So those were the core things in the town center. And so, yeah, that's why I feel strong about it, because the town felt strong about it. And I, you know, see this potential happening now. You've got creative developers. You've got uh, interested citizens. You just have to get together, come together, and make this happen. Now, um, there's a lot of talk in the news uh, about a housing crisis. And, of course, special interests um, thrive on crisis uh, after crisis. My, are, do you think that there's a housing crisis in Cape Elizabeth? No, I don't think there's a... I, well, I don't think it's a crisis, but we don't have affordable apartments for the people that work in the town. The beginning teachers, the uh, uh, police you know, public works. Uh, that's the problem, I think, that we have in the town. They have to live outside, even though they work in the town, because there's not enough apartments, affordable apartments. I think there is, a overall, in the greater area, uh, you know, a crisis for low income. And uh, and we and we have some in the town, you know, people that make under $40,000. You know, they work at the gas station, they work at the supermarket they might work at you know the different uh, services so yeah it'd be nice um, to uh, serve that as well but I don't think we have a crisis per se um, do you think that yeah. do, a lot of people um, who are critical of the proposal in Cape Elizabeth the Dunham Court proposal by the Zanton company think it's it's really uh, its purpose is to um, relocate people from, say, Portland. Do you think that there's a moral imperative for Cape Elizabeth because we're an affluent community to provide low-income housing for um, others from, from other towns? I, I do think we should do our part, and I think the citizens want to do their, our part. But I think it should, be more, it should be balanced, you know, serving people outside that need help. We want to. We're, you know, we're good people in Cape Elizabeth. <laughs> Uh, even though the press and this campaign that's going on makes us out to be elitist liberals, um, I think people care. And, uh, you know, and I think, yeah, we should do uh, our part. And that's, you know, again, it's the mix that I, I think is critical. Well, I mean, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, in your letter to the town council, you make the point that that I have been arguing and that, and I'm summarizing, It's it's it seems like, Dunham Court is more about the deal than it is about meeting the needs of the community. And I'm wondering, like you, for instance, why do you think it is that they're trying to squeeze 49 units into this huge, or what? What is pretty big for for what Cape yeah. Elizabeth has? What, what What do you think motivates that? Is it a desire to just have the maximum number of of units? 
Well, you know, the developer uh, uh, says uh, it's a high land cost, and, you know, that could be uh, why you have to have a, a large enough project to afford the per unit cost per land. I don't doubt that. And actually, I don't mind the density myself. It's the uses that I think is critical to make this successful. Um, so, uh, and, and and the mix, as I said, um, you know, right now, the way it stands is, uh, I forget, uh, 10 units that will be market rate and 39 that will be low income. I think that should be more evenly divided. I know from doing these projects, I used to be a real estate developer, did a lot of tax credit projects, that this developer, when he builds about the 22nd unit, or the tw- actually, actually the 20th unit, he'll have reached his maximum fee that he can get. Which now, is the rest could be market rate units. I think this developer could make more money actually than just doing a low tax income project. What uh, is yeah. the, what is Richard? What is the magic of these federal low income tax credits? Why are they so important? And why it seems like the shiny object in all of these things? What could you explain? What is it that a developer, you know, cherishes in low income tax credits? They cherish <laughs> they cherish that there's no risk that once they get approval, once they put the deal together, right up front at the closing, they get their fee out. And again, it's capped at $750,000. And then there's no risk because there's waiting lines of people to get in low income apartments. So there's no market risk. Now, the developers already shown us that the market for market rate units is very strong in Cape Elizabeth. It's worth 98 point something occupancy rate. And so I think there's very little risk myself in doing some more market rate units and serving both, as I said, you know, the people who work here as well as uh, the low-income people who work here. The Zen- um, oh, go ahead. Well, yeah, go ahead. Why don't you ask? Well, I was going to say that the Zanton Company also is asking, well, at first they asked for um, a 30-year, 65% TIF tax increment financing. Then... They went to 50, uh, 50%, 45%, and rumor has it they're now requesting an even less amount, but they still are very, um, you know, hopeful to get a TIF. Why does a project like this need a TIF? I mean, we're a wealthy developer, prime real estate. What, what, what is, why well, would we, why would the citizens of Cape Elizabeth support a TIF in a situation like this or not? Well, the developer um, is saying that the TIF is just to support a loan that they're getting from the Maine State Housing Authority for, I forget it was, 200 and some odd thousand dollars. And it's going to be all used to pay that back. By the way, the town should tie that, those two together, not give a percentage, but give an actual, what are they paying every year for that loan and reimburse them for that. The reason the town would do it is to help the project be successful but in turn the town should get what the citizens want it's not just a one-way street and this is an opportunity for the for the council and and as i said uh you know if these these are good developers but if they can't see their way to do something like that there are other developers out there and if the town really was interested in creating affordable housing they should put, you know, get together with a landowner and help the landowner put out an RFP and see who will create what the town really should have. Um, I think Xanton will. 
but the council needs to take the lead and make this happen. In an article by Randy Billings in the Portland Press Herald, uh, you know, a few years ago, um, your spirituality is a topic. Um, the article says you're drawn to mysticism and meditation, and you were quoted saying, just because you're a real estate developer doesn't mean you're not spiritual. I'm wondering, Richard, do you have any comments about the karma of Dunham Court? <laughs> <laughs> well, I do, actually, and uh, it's sad. This campaign that's been going on is really based on shame and guilt and divisiveness and it's pitting citizens against citizens it's it's separating us and you know we're trying to come together we're trying to come together as a people we're trying to come together individually even and yeah there's a spiritual context to this and that's why i got involved and sent that letter um zanton's a good friend of mine um bobby monks i respect but this campaign, I didn't respect, and I lost a lot of respect because of it. And there is a very much a spiritual element to it. We need to come together. We're a community, and community is like communion. And we got to think that way. And, we'll, and right now, we're not. I don't think. I think it's going along a track that isn't bringing in the community wishes that we're, we're expressing our vision. Some people, so yeah, yeah. So there is a <laughs> spiritual element of it. Do you, I know you're somebody who uh, really values good design, and I I do too. I I think it's yeah. really important. And and I, what do you think the design of whatever is built on the town green should say about our values as a community? Um, well, I I mean I think what what I see the renderings I see, uh, and knowing Zant um, and the architects he uses, uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm sure it'll. I'm sure it'll be good design. Um, and most developers do good design nowadays. Um, so I don't object to the design. I, I think it fits within the community. I'm not sure, you know, the height restriction, because it is a taller than town hall. I'm not quite sure of all of that. Um, but I'm not as worried about that, really, myself. And I think it will reflect our values of being a nice community and friendly. You know, it shouldn't be, you know, glaring. <laughs> but no, I, I think the architecture looks pretty good to me. Some pe- um, again, the, the big takeaway is that first floor really, really should be commercial. There is an uptake. It'll bring life to that. It'll make that common sing. It'll make our town center sing. And it is what we envision. I, I seem to be repeating myself. Well, <laughs> some people, like, I know Penny Jordan has mentioned that it's her belief that, you know, the town center is dead because there's not enough people and that eliminating the requirement for commercial space will mean more people can live there and therefore more people to shop in town center. Now, I don't agree with that. I, I think I agree with you that, that without commercial activity on the first floor, it'll essentially be that our town green is the front lawn <laughs> to a low-income housing project, which just strikes me as very... Um, inappropriate i don't know it just doesn't seem like at all consistent with what no. our and and just think of it the ground floor is eleven thousand square feet and i don't know how big sea salt is but let's say it's two thousand i mean that's like four sea salts that could be there <laughs> and just think of the activity that would bring in people it would bring in more people than just people living there remember there would be uh, the, the developer would have to sort of eliminate maybe eight and nine units but there'll still be, you know, 40-some-odd units of people living there. But they'll be bringing more people for shopping and, and, 
gathering and uh, really make it work. Some people have suggested that a committee be formed to try to spearhead affordable housing and, and making the zoning ordinance less exclusionary. Uh, do you have any optimism or confidence that a committee could improve on the process? Um, on this process? Yes. This, this process seems to be going to be voted on in October. I mean, I think there should be, quite frankly, a pause. You know, press the pause button and get in the uh, expertise uh, one needs and, I don't know, poll the town. If, if the councils don't believe this vision is what we really want after spending so much time on it, um, have them reassess it. I don't know. But um, it's going awfully fast. And I'm afraid it won't be what it could be. And we'll lose that opportunity. We're not going to get it back. If that, if they give a waiver on that commercial, it's over. You know, there's no, not too many other places. Maybe Mr. Wood's uh, land right next to the city hall and, you know, the corner lot there that he owns. Who knows? But <laughs> oh, I hate to lose this. This, this is, would be a tragic thing. All right, um, uh, just a couple more questions. The developer projects the cost of the project, now anyway, to be about $13 million, maybe even thirteen five. It started at twelve five, Right. And yet they estimate the assessed value when it's complete to be only $4 million. What can well, what, what explains that's that? Based, that's based on their income. So, you know, like when assessors look at things, one of the ways uh, they look at uh, property is what does it generate? And because low-income housing... They have to keep the rent so low that there really isn't a lot of cash flow. They Developers will make 500 to to $1,000 a year cash flow per unit. And so what the assessor does is look at that. And I've done that on other projects, um, you know, low-income projects so throughout where, the state, you know. Where does the profit come from in these deals? Is it essentially the fee, the $750,000? Yeah, the, the fee is – and uh, – yeah, the, the developer, <laughs> once this is done, they don't have, they get all the money back out and the fee. Uh, so they have no money into it. And so that's why developers like this. It's a low risk, as I said, and maximum fees, guaranteed. And then they also think, get to I manage so. the property. I, excuse me? Do, I'm sorry. Do they also collect fees to manage the property? I mean, they're going to have the exclusive right yes, to manage yes. it. Yes, whoever, they'll either manage it themselves or hire them. So there's management fees. There's also, you know, if they don't spend the, uh, they have a construction contingency. If they don't spend that, it goes back to them. So there's other little ways of making money, but it's really the fees. And uh, and after, you know, whatever it is, uh, 30 years, uh, they have a property they can do whatever they want with. Yeah, exactly. And and my, my point the other night to the city council or the town council was that if they were doing this TIF for the purposes of financing a mortgage, that in the beginning, like you said earlier, like in the beginning, the mortgage payment might be high and the property taxes might be relatively low. But I would imagine over time, the property is going to increase in value the taxes are going to go up and the, and the mortgage amount is going to go down so i would imagine they would have some profit in a 30-year tiff as well well the, i did some analysis of that tiff and basically um if our taxes went up 1.2 percent a year for the next 30 years that's what they went up last year 1.2 percent that uh, and they wanted a 45 i mean a 40 percent tiff for 30 years that would give them a million dollars of tiff money over that 30 years the cost of that loan 
is $579,000. That's principal and interest. So yeah, there's a, there's a delta between those two. And that's why I think the council needs to look at this stuff. And sure, if they want to help with that loan, then tie it to that loan. Exactly. Um, what kind of professional do you think would help the council in negotiating this kind of sophisticated transaction? I mean, it just doesn't seem like our town is necessarily equipped to have the information there's, that, for instance, you yeah, have. There's good, there's good attorneys out there. I know uh, um, there are attorneys that specialize in TIFs. There are uh, attorneys that specialize in low-income tax credits. And there are uh, attorneys that specialize in both. And uh, if the, you know, I don't know... I don't know the town council that well, how much expertise they have. But one thing I, I wish I could tell the council is you have power to make this what your citizens want it to be. And I do think the council should represent the citizens that elected them, not just a developer, any developer who comes in. Well, Richard Berman, we, um, a group, myself and some volunteer citizens who are concerned about the project, plan to, if the council votes to pass the zoning amendments that will enable Dunham Court, we are hoping to bring the issue to public referendum just to let the people weigh in on on the project. Do you have any comment or reaction to Uh, that proposal? uh, Yeah, I mean... I hope it doesn't come to that. I really hope the council sees what's going on and pushes a pause button and maybe puts some people together. I'd be happy to volunteer, but, you know. That was going to be my final question. Would you be willing to volunteer your expertise uh, to the... Cynthia, I lost sleep over this last night just doing some of these uh, calculations. (laughs) 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 uh, Like I said, I wasn't going to be involved with this, but... That campaign just put me over the top. It was just bad, I thought. You you lost yeah. sleep because after doing all the calculations, it confirmed what you already thought, which is this is a really yeah. bad deal? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, Richard but, Berman. Yeah, you know, if, if people were serious and they really had an open mind and they're ready to put the pause button and try to create something that this town wants, that we did work a lot on, on those committees coming up with that village plan, that village vision, I, I did send copies of that to the councils. I hope they remember it um, because it was a lot of work. And uh, why change it? Why not make it all happen? We can have it all. Okay, but my one final thing is I have to say, personally, I have a house that I bought in the town center because when my kids were little, it allowed me to practice law and, and be you know downstairs Stephen Madigan, a doctor who is both disabled and a car collector, built the house to have five garages and one story living upstairs and a caretaker apartment in the basement. So I'm right now my our kids are now out of the house. We have all this space, but obviously we don't have commercial activity on the first floor. I'm hoping to build a couple of apartments to offer, you know, a regular affordable housing. Would what about the property in located in the town center that has no commercial activity to begin with do you do you think that there should be i'm not meaning to put you on the spot but i did feel like i needed to disclose that i've actually asked the town council to say look my house is a perfect example we if you just you know let people use what they have to try to create housing do you think there's any flexibility in other words in trying to create more opportunities for affordable housing in the town center Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there, you know, like, uh, for instance, I, I know where you live, 
And if you put commercial on the first floor, um, you'd have to do a whole lot of safety things for people to be able to drive in and access that. Like your property, yeah, housing, apartments. Um, but the town center property, the way it's laid out, it, it envisioned um, commercial. It's yeah. perfect for commercial. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, I, I do. I don't know if I'm answering your question. Well, yeah. Me, well, no, you are. I mean, because my lot happens to be in the town center zone, but yeah. it, the the house is a house. So to have commercial activity on the first floor would mean complete, you know, it just doesn't, in my view, make any sense. But um, I did want to at least alert you no, to I think the... There, I think there are uh, places like yours and others uh, that have the potential for doing more housing. Um, and, and, you know, I do think the density should be around our, our, our core center, our town center. I agree. And I think there could be, if there was, if people could just be creative, I... I think of places like Boston, you know, I mean, just beautiful how, you know, where there's housing, it's beautiful, even though it's urban, there's, there's beautiful buildings. And of course, along with commercial activity. Well, Richard Berman, thank you so much for joining the show. I really appreciate it. And um, thanks for all your good work. I loved preparing for the interview and reading about the work that you and your wife have done to help refugees and, and just, it's great to know you. So thanks. Thanks so much. Well, it's nice knowing you, Cynthia. Thanks for what you do. (laughs) All right. Take care.